So just finished recording a podcast with Andy, who is a PhD student at University of Copenhagen, uh, Department of Chemistry, and his research is really cool. Artificial intelligence meets nanoscience or nanomaterials. And he basically uses artificial intelligence uh, together, of course, with his team to, uh, to, to do the data analysis and basically trying to make uh, future materials, functional materials for the future. And yeah, his journey has been quite fascinating. I think it's the first time we have uh, a guest who is working uh, on these two giant fields, like a merge of these two giant fields, artificial intelligence and nanoscience. So can't wait for you to check out the episode. Hi everyone, I'm Pranonti, your host of Under the Microscope podcast, and today we have with us Andy Sode Anger, I am sure I'm not pronouncing the name properly, who is a PhD student at the Department of Chemistry at the University of Copenhagen, not in the group which got the Nobel Prize for Chemistry, the Click Chemistry this year, but uh, in the same department and in the same university in Denmark. So hi, Andy, welcome to Under the Microscope. How are you? Thank you. How good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for, for inviting me. Look forward for this. Happy to have you. I'm really, really happy to have you. One of our last curators is also from uh, your department. So, and she gave us a sneak peek into the Nobel Prize uh, uh, winning ceremony at the University of Copenhagen. And it was quite heartwarming to see that. Uh, and it just coincidentally happened that uh, uh, in the week that she's she was taking over the account, that the Nobel Prize in Chemistry was uh, announced. And then, of course, uh, we have uh, part of it. I think one half of it is going to Uni Copenhagen? Uh, one third. One third, OK. Yes. One third and, is going. Yes, yeah, so it's a third shared among three. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. But it was quite a special day, I think. <laughs> so it is yeah, I was I was there as well. We were actually just eating lunch like <laughs> normally, and then um, there was another peer student. He uh, he came in running to the lunch room, and he just yelled, "Have you seen it? Have you seen it?" <laughs> like Martin, he won. Then we so um, some of us walked to to his office, Martin Miller's office, and saw what was going on. And he was just busy answering the phone. And <laughs> there are so many people. And I, I, I think there was not a lot done uh, of work that day for the entire department. It was just one big party. Okay, yeah. celebration <laughs> is part of work, OK? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but it was quite fascinating. And uh, I talked with one of his PhD students that talked about uh, like, yeah, some of the um, the work that had been done in, in the group and mm. yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. Really yeah. cool. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, awesome. Let's talk about your research, Andy. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you do? What is your research at uh, University of Copenhagen at the chemistry department? It's not click chemistry. What is it? <laughs> no, so I would say it's uh, it's in materials chemistry. So our goal is to synthesize some new materials that has some functional properties. Mm -hmm. um, 
we normally do that in the lab and then we take them to synchrotrons, which is like these big rings with electrons moving around where you can get a lot of energy from them so you can generate x-rays and we shoot that into our chemistry and and follow the reaction while it's happening um, using them and then when we get the data like obviously we get a lot of data when we have such big uh, machines then i analyze it with artificial intelligence uh -huh. um, and for me that is really the core of my research is like how can we make new and better tools to analyze this data um, uh-huh uh -huh. okay wow that's so it's basically artificial intelligence and nanoscience and the material science, like all the expertise coming together um, to to make materials for the future or functional materials for the future, whatever yeah. the application might be. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's that's very fair to say. And I think that's also what makes it interesting that nobody can do this kind of research alone, right? You need someone from all fields to come together and someone that knows about the application, someone that knows about the synchrotrons, the experiments you do, and some that know about artificial intelligence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I, I always wondered, uh, so it's good that we met you and um, we are talking right now, that in, at the synchrotrons, at the beam, line, beam time, that you get like whatever, four or five days or one week, or you're working 24-7, so you're, you're gathering humongous amount of data. Uh, and in order to uh, do the data analysis uh, and also storing the data, uh, it's, it's, you must need like supercomputers and uh, some really sophisticated uh, tools or softwares. Um, so it's really interesting to know that uh, finally, at least for me, uh, I'm getting to know this, that there, you guys are using machine learning or artificial intelligence to... Uh, go through this data that you collect at the beam lines. Um, so yeah, that's quite interesting. I always wondered how that works. Um, so that's uh, that's really cool. So um, Andy, tell me, your, your research is super interesting. Uh, so how did you end up uh, doing a PhD at University of Copenhagen um, with artificial intelligence and nanoscience? Like that's a very like, a, I'm, uh, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. So tell me, tell me about your journey. <laughs> yes, I think like my journey is is both like super boring and super exciting because I I started the first year of my bachelor like doing some lab work in um, in a in a materials chemistry group. So the group I'm still in, mm -hmm. um, where we also where we do a lot of nanomaterials. And um, in the beginning, I was like going a lot in the lab myself mm -hmm. um, to to do the synthesis part of it. But I found out that I'm just too clumsy to go <laughs> to the lab. <laughs> I've got to be honest. But <laughs> and um, and I'm also not patient enough. Like you, you need a lot of patience to go to the lab. So, um, mm -hmm. so I really appreciate those that like have those abilities to go to the lab and, and, and do synthesis. Um, so actually, I kind of switch over to do more of the experiments. So we went to synchrotrons and I just found out that is super fascinating. Um, <laughs> like getting all that data. And I remember my first project, I just got like 
it was uh, between 50,000 and 100,000 data sets like straight away. <laughs> and that takes a long time to analyze. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, so um, I, I kind of began to, to program uh, more than I already did. Mm -hmm. And um, did some more programming courses. And then I found out that I think like through programming, I became more and more aware of uh, AI and what it could do. Mm -hmm. And then I begin to use it and I found out that it's amazing, <laughs> like how much it could do for my research. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started getting collaborators. So I have a really strong collaborator at the Department of Computer Science in, mm -hmm. in Copenhagen. And um, so we have uh, been working together for the last three, four years. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I'm from, so from my, my background is very much from like nanoscience and materials chemistry. And then I moved more and more into, um, yeah, like programming and AI. And, and now that's, that's most of what I'm doing. See if I can make some new tools to, mm -hmm. to analyze our data. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. wow, that's, that's really cool. And, um, here yeah, I, I think that's, how it's gonna be uh, in the future or even now that's that's uh that's usually like that's typically uh the nature of our work that we started probably our bachelor's or master's was i don't know in nanoscience or uh chemistry or computer science or whatever and then because these uh, giant fields have to merge or have to cross lines at some points uh, there are lots of people in the at these cross section cross sections ha, cross sections yeah. <laughs> uh, having these unique journeys like you've had um, that sounds really cool and why leave Copenhagen if all the amazing talent from around the world is coming to you I mean there's no point in leaving right um, <laughs> Yeah, but but there is there is still like after finishing your PhD, you can always depending on what your plans are, you can uh, you can move. Uh, so, are you from Copenhagen? No, I'm I'm from a small island called Bornholm. Uh -huh. so it's um, it's a little bit south from Sweden. It's closer mm -hmm. to Sweden than the rest of Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so people that they also like pick a little bit on me because I like I have a Swedish kind of dialect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but um okay nice yeah, so the eastern part of Denmark <laughs> <laughs> nice and you spoke about synchrotrons do you have a favorite one for whatever reasons you don't have to disclose your reasons of course do you have a favorite yeah. one you I don't have to I'm just curious I think it would be uh, ESAF in Grenoble um, oh. in France because it's just so beautiful there yeah yeah, yeah. And so it's it's in a valley with the mountains around it, and it's just breathtaking, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's an amazing <laughs> place. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, uh, so that and, and, and they also have the cheese fondue that <gasps> I love. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Ooh, now yeah. is the time for cheese fondue. Winter is coming. Yeah. You having bean times coming up anytime soon? <laughs> Actually, not right now. I've just been on two and now uh, yeah, oh. a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Drop me a line next time when you have a beam time at Grenoble and then I can uh, join you guys as like the 
uh, to do record videos and interview you all um, <laughs> for science communication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, or maybe half kidding. Uh, but uh, no, that sounds that sounds uh, really cool. I mean, you've had quite a unusual journey from like starting with nanoscience and now doing you're still working close to nanoscience or nanomaterials uh but more of like not the conventional uh nanoscientists that we have so I'm, i'm curious about your different kinds of experiments because if you say uh, you're self-proclaimed clumsy impatient person <laughs> to do yeah. um, uh, so what what is that one experiment uh, or research project that comes to your mind when i ask you that the most quirky of fun or the one that you're most proud of uh, do you have one and can you explain it to us in super simple words in the section we call in other words yes yes i think um so, th- so there was this kind of the first project that I got involved in where we use like where we used AI but mm-hmm. um and I think I'm I'm quite process I'm quite proud of the entire process of like learning this AI and then using it on some real data mm-hmm. um in itself um but also so what we did there was that we took like a lot of data that mm-hmm. was in 3000 dimensions. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's something that you would normally have a difficult time like plotting and sh- showing like seeing what is the similarity of. Mm-hmm. Um, so all this data was of chemical structures and then also scattering data. Um, ah. And then we could pass it through some AI that compressed it into two dimensions. So from 3000 dimensions to two dimensions. Yes. And, Dude. And I think that was quite amazing because that means now you can plot it. You just make two axes and you plot it and then you can actually you can get similarities between structures and how they are different and and so on. So one of those things that we could do was take um FCC and HCP structures which is um so you can It's an HCP structure is a AB AB layer and called AB AB and the FCC is a ABC ABC. Mm-hmm. Um and then normally what you Wait, wait, wait. So what does FCC stand for for people who are not aware so of these terms? It's space centered cubic and HCP. Space centered cubic. Yes, yeah. are, that's the name of the crystal structure. Uh <laughs> yes. yes. And the ACP is hexagonal uh closed packed. Yeah. Right, hexagonal closed pack. So HCP. Yeah. So a FCC and HCP. These are the two uh, terms. Okay, sorry. Continue. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> and then, like normally, if you have something in between, so so that can be that first you have like A B A, but then you get a C or something. Mm-hmm. So you have something that is not either FCC or HCP. Mm. Then you normally just call it a stacking fault. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. we we don't know so much about it uh it, but and and it is quite difficult to understand them because like 3000 dimensions right but when you compress it to two dimensions in this space you can actually see that the machine also learns that this is something in between fcc and hcp and you can begin to understand 
or this stacking fault is different from this one up here and you can you can begin to see how much is it similar to to other chemical structures and i think that's it's quite beautiful where math is like meeting chemistry and you can begin to yeah, it sounds so cool. I, 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 do you have like I don't know. I mean, of course, the two-dimensional picture, picture, or the plot, or that graph, uh, you must have. But is there a way to visualize these like three thousand dimensions uh, sort of a data? So basically, what I'm looking for is before the analysis, like the raw data, and after the analysis, what uh, came out of it. Uh, after passing through your amazing uh, machine learn machine learning algorithm, uh, do you have is that is that uh, available? Like so, so you're kind of thinking if we didn't have AI, if there would be any other method to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's also interesting. Yes. Uh, what I was asking though was any way to visualize like showing basically like without AI um, this data would look like a mess yeah, it would because you would need to <laughs> need to visualize so high dimensions I have no idea how to do it like, 3000 <laughs> dimensions yes that's yes it, um, like normally I would have no idea how to to visualize that but when you pass it through the the algorithm and you get it down to two, then it's just a normal plot as, as we know it. Probably a rookie question, probably a stupid question. Um, 3000 dimensions. So when you say 3000, so I know the X, Y, Z, and then time can be a dimension and uh, da, 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 da. so what are these 3000 dimensions that we are talking about here? So in, in this case, it's it's a little bit equivalent to every data point you have in a data set. Uh -huh. um, so if you take just one data set, mm -hmm. then, then you can just plot it as it is in a, so you have like an X dimension and a Y, mm -hmm. and then you have 3000 data points here. Mm -hmm. But then when you have a lot of data sets, like, mm -hmm. a, then let's say you have thousand data set with these three thousands. Then it's beginning to be difficult to see similarities and differences. Right. Then you then you take all these three thousands. Right. So then then it becomes three thousand data points or three thousand dimensions. Mm -hmm. You compress it to two by the use of AI, and that means now you can plot that just as you can visualize it just with a point for each uh -huh. uh, structure or data set or whatever. Okay. Okay. All right. And then uh, when you say dimensions, uh, the 3000 dimensions, you, we are not talking about, uh, what was it? I, wa I was watching some Marvel movie or something. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So you could get confused by like, is it uh, the dimension? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not like time and we don't have a multiverse as the yeah, exactly. Marvel. <laughs> Exactly. That's yeah, what, no. there was the Spider-Man movie, which is like based in Europe, like Venice and wherever. And there is the bad guy is like, I'm from not from this dimension. I'm from a different dimension and version Earth. I don't know uh, eight six eight or I don't remember the exact number. So that's not the dimension that we're talking about. No, no, no. No, that's that's not uh, how I think about it. But it's it's. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I've never thought about that. Maybe I should use it in some talks. Or, yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these are not the dimensions from Avengers. These are the dimensions in not in real. Well, they are in reality. Um, it's it's not the multiverse. Uh, it has nothing to do with astrophysics or anything and the universe. It's, no, no. It's this tiny universe at the nanoscale that we are looking at the atoms and the the, the defects and yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. That's oh my god, that is so cool. Please, please, please tell our followers more about this with pictures and please explain uh, in as many words or as many tweets as possible when you are tweeting from the Real Scientist Nano Twitter account. Uh, I think this is super fascinating. So it's it's kind of like I'm getting the feeling, Andy, that you love the research aspect of being a scientist. Uh, but what else do you like about being a scientist? Uh, yeah, I think I, I very much like that you have a lot of discussions and conversations with mm -hmm. colleagues and peers and mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, you, so in research, there is a lot of time dedicated to like discussing science and, and I think that motivates me quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we also have a lot of time to just reflect on our projects alone. So I think that is a quite strong combination that you can do both. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's new aspects in my research that pops up in both settings, um, but I kind of need them together. So when I have discussed a lot with my peers, I need to reflect on it afterwards mm -hmm. on my own. And it's, it's quite normal that I take some of my day where I just go for a walk and um, reflect on my research and mm -hmm. and or if I have some specific problems that I have to to solve and um, mm -hmm. I don't think it's all jobs in the in the world where you have that uh, <laughs> opportunity. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you're right. You're absolutely. There is like teamwork or team discussion, stimulating brainstorming or stimulating conversations. But at the same time, you can be independent and you can just. Uh, um, process your thoughts, process your theory, so to say, uh, by being independent or by being by yourself. Um, yeah, that's you're right. I don't think a lot of jobs in the world allow you to do that, like this balance of the two. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so so, um, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm kind of cheating and not doing work because I just go for 20 minutes walk and like <laughs> reflect on a problem, but it is much better value of the time than if I didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. It's and it's it's, it's necessary. That's how you work. Uh, your work might be taking a walk and doing the thinking uh, while you're walking, and that's uh, that's okay. That that's part of the job. Yeah. <laughs> you have to walk for your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I see. So, Andy, uh, other than like, I mean, it sounds to me that you have had amazing research experience so far. I mean, uh, having these amazing talents around you, like surrounded by these experts in their fields. Um, if you, however, if you had three wishes to improve your research experience, what would you ask for? And I'm not promising anything here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been great. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> <on your> <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think um, I think when you are in in academia and working with uh, like computers, then you would always wish for more money, more computer power, um, because it's it's just a reality that some of the big companies like Meta and Google and uh, they they just have money to do research that we can't in academia mm-hmm. um, and yeah and it would not be enough with a few extra million science thing it's like really large computers you need to do the stuff that they're doing mm-hmm. um, so of course that would have been a dream to do what I do now but with the access to the largest computers in the world <laughs> how much does it cost tell me tell me a number <laughs> yeah I don't know I, th- <laughs> I think we it's uh, it's probably uh, like it's in the billions but uh, how many I don't know okay yeah. <laughs> okay so getting access or getting your hands on these uh, amazing uh, supercomputers or these giant uh, computers. I think that would be a dream. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even sure what to use them for yet, but it would be. <laughs> we will find ways. Yeah. We will find like, yeah. Um, why, why stop at 3000 dimensions? Go to 3 million dimensions. Hello. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think the other thing would be to, um, to, to start my own research group. Um, <laughs> I, I think I had some amazing opportunities to uh, choose what I'm working with uh, in the group that I'm now and got a lot of freedom to move into artificial intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. And that also, like, yeah, now I appreciate it so much that I would love to have my own research group <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and be able to do uh, uh-huh. To do my own research yeah mm-hmm. um, that makes sense yeah and yeah. if you do your own research then you can either get the hopefully get the funding for these giant like amazing computers or at least work with the the companies or groups who have these uh, kind of uh, tools uh, okay research group is second third and last yeah. which andy tell us yeah i think the last one is probably also a difficult one sure. <laughs> so um so I told you that I'm impatient, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's not the best uh, thing in academia because everything is so slow. Oh. <laughs> so oh, I would please. I would love a, a faster feedback loop, like when you when you come up with a new idea, do some some experiments, analyze the data, and, and so on. Like I would like that to happen much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, like today, you need to come up with an idea. If you go to Singleton's to do an experiment, you need to write a proposal. Mm-hmm. It might take you like a year before you can do the experiment. If you get the time granted, then you do the experiment. You have to analyze the data, write the paper. It can take many years for a project. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And by then, someone else has already done what you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, hopefully not, but it's um, yeah, it just takes a long time. It would have been amazing if we could cut down on that uh, timing. I think it would be even more fun if if Absolutely. it only. Took, yeah. So uh, the the time between ideation and the the results or the data analysis, so to say, to shorten it from years or months to uh, 
maybe a few okay if you are wishing for it then maybe a few days yeah like the best thing would be instantly right oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would that would be amazing but uh, as, right, as fast as possible right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah. I think that that's one of the good thing about research in ai because you you're not limited to um to going to a synchrotron or and stuff like that so you can maybe simulate some data work on that and thereby mm -hmm. Um, the research goes away faster, but then again, like you can do very cool experiments at synchrotrons <laughs> that um, yeah, that you that can't could... really simulate. Yeah, exactly. So um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 makes sense. But all three of your wishes, Andy, I think yeah, they seem they seem uh, too far. But I hope that they are not too far in the future, especially getting your research group. Um, and once you have your own research group, then maybe not for every idea, but maybe some of the ideas you can have this accelerated process of uh, uh, the fast uh, turnaround time uh, on like validating the different ideas. Um, I would I wouldn't say your wishes are completely unrealistic. I could I could see that happening uh, in a few years time. Why not? Uh, very very realistic. Um, awesome, Andy. This has been wonderful. And um, what can the followers expect in the week that you are tweeting from the Real Scientist Nano account? Uh, tell us, like, give us like a sneak peek into what's coming. Yeah, so of course they can expect uh, a lot about my research and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, that lucky that I traveled to New Orleans to a very big machine learning uh, AI conference wow. uh, that week. Uh -huh. So, um, so obviously, I will, uh, yeah, yeah I will tweet uh, live from New Orleans at Neurops uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, show some some of the cool stuff that is happening there. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the conference, I'm attending a workshop that is about uh, AI for materials discovery. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I will present a poster there as well. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, so that would be very interesting. So that would kind of be the end of the week. Uh, 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 what is it called? <laughs> uh, like a celebration of the end of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> That is so cool. That is awesome. Awesome. I I, uh, I I personally am looking forward to your tweets and your time at the conference and also the week leading to the conference because it all sounds so cool, so fascinating, your research um, and the ideas that you have. So this has been amazing, Andy. Thank you very much for speaking with me and really, really excited to have you on Real Scientist Nano. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward for the the week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. To know more about us, do visit our website, thescienstalk.com. And do consider giving us a review or a rating or follow, depending on wherever you're consuming this content. Thank you very much.